Welcome to another episode of Let's Get Real. I'm Nina Simons. So good to have you here. Today, I want to talk about change. There's so much going on in the world these days. Uh, and there's so many different ways to think about change. Um, you know, uh, 30% of folks lost or changed jobs in 2020. Uh, and even this year in 2023, 46,000 workers in tech have already been laid off. So you've got job change, uh, but we also have organizational change. Um, whether you're part of an initiative at work where uh, change is happening either to you or being um, initiated by you, actually, sometimes both. You know, when you're in a mid level role, the leaders above you have come up with an idea or a transformation that seems to make sense for the organization overall. And from your level, you're trying to um, understand and implement that change and also get your directs and your teams on board with that change. And it might even mean that your role has changed significantly. And so this episode is for all of those different contexts, whether it's a organizational change or a personal change. I want to talk about three different ideas or uh, approaches to holding change. And um, I love this idea of holding. Um, as a facilitator and a coach, uh, I spend a lot of time helping my clients uh, who are going through change. And I believe that leaders also need to be able to hold change. And I really like uh, Adrienne Marie Brown's work in this area. She's actually written a book about holding change, and she defines it as attending to, coordinating, being with humans in right relationship with each other, not as a constant ongoing state, but rather as a magnificent, mysterious, ever-evolving dynamic in which we must evolve ourselves, shape ourselves, and one another. So, of course, this is a very optimistic look at change, and she's thinking about the organic change of life as well as um, these strategic changes or the changes that sometimes happen to us. So, one way that I believe holding change is important is a very simple one. It's actually a skill from coactive coaching called being with. Um, oftentimes, because we have a bias for action, especially in the West, we want to um, move into action, we want to fix, we want to um, create a strategy. And when change happens to us, a lot of times there's grief and loss with the change. And so if we don't slow down and acknowledge that loss and give ourselves space um, or give others space, to actually absorb the change, which might include a change in identity if you're changing roles or might include um, just a lot of uncertainty and anxiety. People feel a lot of anxiety around change. So just being with people and being um, listening and attuning and attending. And one of the reasons this is important is from a neuroscience perspective, um, we are, our brains are what we call open loop systems. And, uh, what that means is that we, um, we don't, you know, even though some of our work is to self-regulate, right. To self-manage, 
when we're under stress, a lot of times we are also very impacted or affected by the emotions and the feelings of those around us. And so we rely on one another to, um, to self-regulate. And so, um, and you see this a lot in children and in parents, but it's also true of coworkers. So if you, um, it's why culture is so important and climate matters so much. So if you can stay calm um, and take care of yourself in the midst of change, uh, then it's going to be easier for the people around you to feel confident and calm. And this doesn't mean um, being inauthentic. If you're feeling the stress of change, you know, finding your outlets for expressing that, whether it's a close colleague or talking to a loved one, that can be super helpful. Um, and it can also be helpful to be authentic about um, your own feelings with your team. Um, as long as you have a sense and that emotions aren't controlling you, but you have a, a hold on them, right? So another way of thinking about holding. So um, having your emotions rather than your emotions having you, where you, you know, you're expressing it in a way that actually activates others, or can you express your concerns in a way that has people feel drawn to you and connected because you're able to share and actually articulate something that others may also be feeling. And that's the beautiful thing about being with, being with your own feelings, but also being with others as they have a chance to express their concerns. Just because they have concerns doesn't mean that they're in resistance to the change necessarily. I mean, I think I see, you know, you see a lot of statistics about um, one of the reasons that change initiatives fail. They say something like 70% of change initiatives fail is because of employee resistance. And I really question that term. Um, you know, obviously, you know, some resistance does happen, but how much of that resistance is is merely because the leaders of the organizations aren't taking the time to hear what's concerning employees about a big change and aren't taking time to, to explain and be with, be with their concerns without even explaining actually, but just to, to be a listening, a sounding board. And actually at the same time, you're gathering information that's helpful um, further down the road. So it's not about justifying the change at that, at that point in time. It's really just about being with people as they process what the change means to them. And also as they express like what they need as part of um, whatever change is happening. The second approach or practice for holding change that I would like to share is what we call, or what Eastern philosophers call non-action. Uh, this can seem a little counterintuitive as well. Um, actually, the term in, um, I think in Chinese or in Taoism is wu wei, wu wei, which of course it's uh, the Chinese New Year right now, so it's perfect. Um, but this idea of um, actually that the best strategic thing to do is to do nothing and to give things time um, and not force things. And this can be a big lift for, again, for those of us in the West, because we, um, we want to fix it. We want to, as leaders, we want to know, we want to be in control, right? We want to know that we can help people. So it can be coming from a very altruistic place, right? That we want to be helpful, and we want to do something. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons why the change is happening, right? Is because you're being asked to do something. 
And so, of course, each of these practices is in balance with um, other good practices. I don't want to assume that doing nothing is like 100% of your day, but just the idea of not forcing the change, not manipulating it, um, spending more time just aligning with what's the natural flow, what's trying to happen, as we like to say in systems coach, coaching. And so, um, you know, non-action can be a really powerful place to stand, especially even in the midst of a job loss. You know, I, um, I have a client who recently lost their job and we were strategizing about um, when to start putting out information or start looking again uh, because this person has a bit of freedom in terms of their own, um, they have some cash flow. They don't need uh, to get a new job right away. And as they thought about it, she realized that, well, she's looked for a job in January before she's had job changes in the past. And it was always a really poor time to be looking because people were setting their forecasts and their budgets, and they were in the middle of performance reviews, at least in tech. And so it really wasn't the best time to be um, talking to people about um, what positions were available and open and what was happening in their organization. And so she made an intentional effort to wait to actually spend some time on things that matter to her, take a vacation um, with her uh, son, and um, also just work on some hobbies. And in the process of doing that, you know, just restore herself because of um the job loss that she just experienced and so and then know that she would be more equipped and that the market would be more ready for her um you know starting march 1st now we don't all have maybe we don't all feel we have the luxury of waiting but if you might be spinning your wheels anyway um you know it might not actually it might do more good than we think to think of things more holistically and um find a way to you know spend less but wait until the timing feels right for your job search if you can afford to do that. So the third and final uh, thing I want to share in terms of a best practice for holding change is very similar or related to number one, number two, and that's um, to allow things to unfold. Um, and one of the things um, that helps with that is to be an observer. So, you know, you may think, well, okay, so I'm being with people, I'm being with my own emotions and I'm, um, and I'm taking the long view. I'm practicing non-action. <laughs> I know that seems really funny, right? Like doing non-doing, um, very, it's very much of a paradox. Uh, but the third, um, way to hold change is actually to allow things to unfold and pay attention to the signals that you're receiving. Now, these can be um, internal signals, like how you're feeling about uh, the progress that's happening with the change initiative or with your job change, or this could be signals coming in from others or from uh, the world, you know, the world channel, we like to call it again in systems thinking. So if you're attuned to all these channels, you know, yourself, others, the team, and your organization or even the larger environment, uh, you can actually adapt and make shifts. And, you know, no change should be written in stone in terms of like the implementation, right? And so maybe um, you notice that someone is wanting a different 
role as part of the change. And uh, you have the flexibility to do that, right? That they have more energy for um, one position than they do for another. If you're so busy trying to um, implement and focused on your plan that you're not hearing the resonance or dissonance of the people on your team, uh, then that's one of those things that makes the change initiative less successful, right? And has people leave the organization rather than um, be part of the change, especially if they are engaged and talented people that you um, you want to keep, which is, you know, a big part of um, being successful these days is how do we retain our talent and how do we keep those folks who, who want to be there? And, um, and change initiatives are one of those things that can make or break you um, in terms of turnover. Well, I hope um, these ruminations on holding change are beneficial to you. I always love to hear from you if uh, they've unlocked something for you or if you just have a question or even a criticism. It's always helpful for me to keep learning and growing. Um, I don't have all the answers here. I'm, <laughs> I'm merely a conduit for some great ideas that I've learned over the years and some, um, and some of my work with clients and they've led by example. And I've been fortunate enough to learn through the leaders that I get to coach with. So thanks so much for listening. Be well. Be well.